Welcome to the Publishers Podcast, your place for psychiatry soundbites. Hi, I'm John Shelton, publisher of the Journal of Clinical Psychiatry. In this episode, I'll bring you up to date on our latest online selections of important peer-reviewed research and reviews for June 2019. You will hear a transition tone between summaries. Let's get started. Follow-up studies of Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, from childhood into adolescence have mostly been from North America. These studies have provided a good deal of information about ADHD, but whether their results generalize to population samples and to other countries is unclear. In a study sponsored by Shire, researchers have been examining the prevalence and persistence of ADHD in France. Their latest analysis reports on a nine-year follow-up of over 1,000 French children from childhood into late adolescence and adulthood. The study found that about one-third of ADHD children continued to have ADHD at follow-up. Persistence of the disorder was predicted by its severity earlier in life. This rate of persistence is lower than expected based on studies done in other countries and it is not clear if this is due to differences in how ADHD is expressed and treated in France or to differences in study methodology. The findings provide some evidence for the validity of diagnosing ADHD in those who have fewer symptoms than are required by DSM criteria. It also suggests that onsets occurring in late adolescence and early adulthood may be valid. However, the authors note that due to small numbers of participants in these groups, definite conclusions in this regard cannot be drawn. Several epidemiologic studies have shown that most adults in the U.S. who have common mental disorders have not received treatment for those disorders in the past year. Is this lack of treatment even more common among those with substance use disorders? In one of this month's CME offerings, the authors of a recent study, sponsored by the National Institute on Drug Abuse, examined treatment patterns of U.S. adults with common mood, anxiety, and substance use disorders using data from the National Epidemiologic Survey on Alcohol and Related Conditions. While most adults with common mental disorders had not received treatment for their conditions in the last year, there were particularly low levels of treatment among adults with substance use disorders. Further, there was a marked variation across specific disorders in the likelihood of receiving treatment. Adults with panic disorder, which can present with especially frightening symptoms, were approximately five times more likely than adults with specific phobias to have received treatment. Individuals with both mood and anxiety disorders were also more likely to have received any treatment than were adults with either class of disorders alone. However, people with anxiety and substance use disorders were less likely than those with only anxiety disorders to have received treatment. This pattern suggests that self-medication of anxiety disorders with alcohol or drugs may interfere with the seeking of treatment. The authors emphasize that when patients present for treatment of anxiety or mood disorders, it is also important to consider whether there is an untreated comorbid substance use disorder. To read this article and take the CME post-test, please visit the May-June table of contents at psychiatrist.com. As many as half of all youth diagnosed with attention deficit 
hyperactivity disorder, or ADHD, also meet diagnostic criteria for ADHD as adults. However, factors that increase risk for depression among youth with ADHD are not well understood. Sex and pubertal status may both contribute to the development of depression in youth with ADHD. Numerous studies have shown that early pubertal maturation is associated with depression in girls, although very little research has prioritized the study of girls with ADHD and risk for depression. In another CME offering for this month, the authors use data from the Multimodal Treatment Study of Children with ADHD to examine sex and pubertal status as moderators of the association between ADHD and self-reported depression from pre-adolescence into late adolescence. In addition to examining total depression symptoms, dimensions of depression including negative mood, interpersonal problems, ineffectiveness, anhedonia, and negative self-esteem were examined. In pre-adolescence, higher levels of ADHD severity were associated with higher levels of depression in early maturing girls and later maturing boys. This effect appeared to be driven by anhedonia rather than other dimensions of depression, and these effects persisted into late adolescence. Based on these findings, the authors conclude that sex and pubertal status meaningfully impact the association between ADHD and depression in youth and should be considered in future work and treatment. To read this article and take the CME post-test, please visit the May-June table of contents at psychiatrist.com. The relationship between psoriasis and dementia remains unclear. In this nationwide population-based cohort study, using data from Taiwan's National Health Insurance Research Database, the authors investigated the risk of dementia associated with psoriasis and the impact of systemic therapy. Nearly 4,000 patients with psoriasis were identified by diagnostic code from the inpatient and outpatient medical records over an 18-year period. The patients who already had a history of dementia and those younger than 40 years were excluded. Each identified case of psoriasis was compared with four matched comparison subjects. Both groups were followed until the first diagnosis of dementia withdrawal, or the end of the follow-up period. Cox regression analyses and a competing risk model were used to evaluate the risk for dementia after controlling for potential confounding factors. After adjusting for demographic confounders and related comorbidities, patients with psoriasis had a significantly greater risk of dementia during the follow-up period, which was about seven years. In the sub-analysis of dementia types, psoriasis was found to be independently related to non-vascular dementia, but not vascular dementia. The patients who received systemic therapy for more than 90 days and those who received disease-modifying anti-rheumatic drugs or biologics had a significantly lower risk of dementia incidence. This study provides empirical support for the association between psoriasis and dementia. Systemic therapy for psoriasis may lead to a reduction in the risk of developing dementia. According to a recent systematic review, anti-inflammatory drugs like NSAIDs and statins have an antidepressant effect as well. But do the flaws in the study undermine its findings? 
In a new installment of his Clinical and Practical Psychopharmacology column, Dr. Andrade takes a closer look at this intriguing study. In another column, he again turns our attention toward the importance of study methodology as he considers the findings of a study that evaluated the risk of intellectual disability after gestational exposure to antidepressants. The full text of these columns is freely available online. Please visit the May-June Table of Contents at psychiatrist.com. In closing, be sure to visit us online for interactive activities from our CME Institute and more from the Journal of Clinical Psychiatry. You can view the newest online offerings for June on the JCP website at psychiatrist.com. Thanks for listening. This is John Shelton signing off. I hope you will join me next month for the publisher's podcast, Your Place for Psychiatry Soundbites.